Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Rocks Pile Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Kevin Henry and Noah Yingling. Welcome into the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. I am Noah Yingling, one of the co-experts of Rocks Pile, and I am once again here with my friend and fellow co-expert, Kevin Henry. Kevin, how are you? I am good, Noah. Welcome home from your uh, voyage across the United States, man. Yes, the uh, final edition of Where in the World is Noah Yingling today, and that is home. There you go. First time in over a month. Well, you saw plenty of Rockies games uh, on the road and at Coors. And if you were here right now, you would see that we actually have some snow on the mountains. So uh, winter, my, my, my winter is coming to Colorado, my friend. Absolutely. And the thing is, of all the games I've been to this year, I was at more road games and home games. I know I told you this. I was two and 16. You are. And, and and yet the Rockies, since June 1st, all the games I've been to have been since June 1st. The Rockies are close to a playoff team since June 1st. They are. They're real thankful you didn't go on the East Coast swing with them. I'm just going to tell you that. They were glad you weren't in Philly, Washington, or Atlanta. So just yeah, I mean, uh, that I think that's the official definition, uh, the official signification that I'm a bad person. Well, obviously. I mean, we've talked about this all season, but it has happened. My friend, you know what else has happened? Manscaped has gone to Singapore. Some amazing deals from Manscaped. <laughs> and hey, let's talk about it for just a moment. What do you say? Attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston to even Noah's hometown. Do we have a grooming problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. For your out-of-world experience, look no further than the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped that has just taken off in not only the United States, but Canada, the United Kingdom, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and as Noah even teased, yes, Singapore. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver, ball deodorant, crop reviver, toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your whole solar system. So get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code F-A-N-S-I-D-E-D and the number 20 at manscaped.com. Escape the shrubs and weeds this summer and shine with Manscaped. And a big thank you to Manscaped for sponsoring our podcast. And this week, we are recording this on Monday. The Rockies have an off day today. And they are going to be entering a 
what will be a big week for the team. We talked about it on the site earlier today. Dodgers and Giants both come to Coors in what will be their final homestand of the 2021 season. And it will be big in a few ways. First off for the Dodgers, second off for the Giants, because they are facing each other in the NLS, but also to the retirement ceremony for Larry Walker. That will be this weekend as well. Yep. So big weekend for the Rockies, who are coming off one of their best road trips in franchise history. Didn't expect to be saying that this season. No. You know, but, but you, you know what, Kevin? That's baseball. That's baseball. And if you look at the numbers, you know, it's, it's easy to see what has happened with the Rockies. They have found their power at the plate. Uh, they have found their ability for the bullpen to actually not implode, unlike what we saw in Chicago against the Cubs while we were there. They have figured out some things that have worked in this stretch. And as you alluded to before the uh, Manscaped commercial, they have played like a playoff team. Uh, you know, you take out that first month or so of the season, uh, they are above 500. And well over that. In their so, last 95 games, they have a winning percentage of 526. The Cardinals, who have the second wild card spot right now on the, in the entirety of the season, have played to a 534 winning percentage. Mind you, to do that, the Cardinals have won, I believe, nine out of their last 10 games. And yeah, they have nine out of their last 10, and they've won eight in a row. And, and Noah, I know there will be a lot of people that are cheering against the Cardinals, not only because of the whole best fans in baseball thing, but they don't want to see Nolan Arenado get to the postseason. But I'm going to tell you, the way that the Cardinals have played against the teams that they need to beat to get to the wild card, the Reds, the Mets, the Padres, all teams that were chasing that wild card as well, heading into that Brewer series tonight in Milwaukee, St. Louis has separated themselves and chased for that second wild card spot. Well, and especially here in the that last 10 games, the Cardinals have done that. But also, too, the Phillies are not a good baseball team. The New York Metropolitans are not a good baseball team without Jacob DeGrom. The, uh, the San Diego Padres are one of the worst teams in baseball in the last two months. The Cincinnati Redlegs in the last month can, have not won a series. For example... Uh, let, let's look back at the red leg schedule. Lost two of three against the Dodgers. They were in Pittsburgh, lost two of three. Saint, they were in St. Louis, lost two of three. At Wrigley Field, lost two of three. Lost two of three against the Tigers. Lost two of three against the Cardinals. Lost two of three against the Marlins. Lost two of three to the Brewers. That's going back to August 24th. August 23rd, they had an off day. That's a month now where they have had eight straight series where they've lost two of three. Yeah, That's That's not not winning baseball, people. It's not. You know, and and one of the biggest things that, and again, going back to that Cardinals, you look at heading into today, which is Monday, on, let me make sure I got this right, on September 7th, they had a 2.8% chance to make the postseason, according to Fangraphs. 12 days later, they were at 72.3. Yeah, 
Yeah. So it yep. shows you that a team can get hot at the right time while everybody else fades from existence, apparently, including those red legs, as you mentioned. Uh, and if St. Louis can just navigate the rest of the schedule without imploding, they will have that second wild card spot. And then, my friend, you set up for Nolan Arenado going to either L.A. to play the Dodgers or heading to San Francisco. And we know what Nolan does against the Giants. Well, so my, my, my. One game playoff and plenty of storylines that there will be. Now, we were talking about how since June 1, the Rockies are very close to being a playoff team. You want to guess what the Padres have done in that same exact span? You know what? I've got to be honest with you. I cheat. I already know the answer because I was looking at that earlier as I was examining their free fall from existence as people are dancing on their graves in the Mile High City. But but please inform our viewers. They are 10 games below 500. Oh, no, that's a shame. That's and a shame. I will be the first one to admit, and I will be ahead of the curve on this. I believe I said sometime in July, we were talking about the wild card stuff. And I said, uh, we all know it's going to be the Dodgers and the Padres. Wrong. Oh, yeah. The Padres are done. See and, ya. And why are they done, Noah? Pitching. Pitching. Clubhouse infighting. Um. A not particularly great manager. No. Um, a number of reasons. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think back to these teams. And, and again, you know, I, I have to admit, I pay particular attention to the Cardinals just because my dad is a Cardinals fan. So every day we talk about the Cardinals whenever I talk to him. But one of the things that I have looked at, while the Cardinals have had those meteoric percentages as far as their playoff chances go up, their ERA as a whole staff has just plummeted. They went through a 10-game stretch with around a 2.4 ERA total. Now, you're going to win a lot of baseball games if you're at all 2.4 ERA over that stretch. And on the Padres' side, they, as we mentioned, weak manager, um, lack of pitching. Also, too, they made some very questionable moves at the trade deadline. They decided, well, they could not acquire Max Scherzer, which ended up, the, the Dodgers ended up pouncing on him. Yeah. There's your first issue. Your second issue is, okay, we have an all-star second baseman. Let's replace him with another all-star second baseman. And let's move our previous second baseman to shortstop and move our shortstop who is as Manny Machado calls him the best player in the world which he's he's really not but he, he's he's top five but he's he's not the best player in baseball and oh let's move him to center field into right field hasn't worked out real well it, it hasn't and I know they were trying to save him with the shoulder and everything else but it just shows you what kind of a season this has been for San Diego because yeah I remember those first Dodgers Padres series and we were all like, Oh, here's the preview of the NLCS right here. You know, and obviously nobody saw what the giants were going to do. And if you did, you know, you're a liar, but I'm going to tell you right now, as far as the Padres go, this off season is going to be fascinating to watch because you, you can't think they're not going to blow it all up 
And we will look back at their inability to get Scherzer at the deadline as the one move that really killed them and put the Dodgers into, I'm just going to say it, they will catch the Giants for the National League West. Well, my, my, my. There's the hot take right there. I think, uh, unfortunately, one game separates them as we record this. And it's just hard to not think the Dodgers won't make up a game over the next 10 days. Well, Well, and talking about the Padres with the starting rotation, they acquired Joe Musgrove this offseason. Just imagine if they didn't acquire him. He's got a sub-3 RA right now. Yeah. You Darvish has not been that great. Blake Snell can't seem to get past the four, maybe five inning mark, and he's injured. Chris Paddock has not looked good. Ryan Weathers has not looked good. Jake Arrieta has looked like a dumpster fire the entire season, and yet they still cite him. Vince Velasquez was with the Phillies, looked like a dumpster fire. They signed him because Oh, we don't have any depth. That's all there was. Yeah. That's and guess all what? Was. He's made one start for them, and he looked like crap. Yep. No. And Nelson Lamette has not been healthy for two years now. Mike Clevenger has been on the injured list all season. And seemingly, even when he was with Cleveland, was on the injured list a lot. Yeah. It's like the Yankees. Okay, let's have these 40 guys, but 30 of them are always going to be on the injured list. That still leaves you 10 guys, and guess what? You still have to find spots for the other 16 roster spots. <laughs> and how guess would you, what? No team has that depth. Even the Dodgers don't have that depth. How would you like for me to have said at the start of the year that Nolan will make the playoffs and DJ LeMahieu will not? I would have told you, oh, really? Well, yeah. my, my, my. <laughs> well, look at where we are. Look at where we're heading. Yeah, that but Also, is- too, DJ LeMahieu, now he's been healthy most of the year. But guess what? He's played like crap. Yeah, he hasn't been La Machine this year, as uh, I think the New York media tried to label him. Yeah. Last year he hit. Now, granted, it was only he only played in fifty games last year, but sixty game season, he hit three sixty four with an OPS north of a thousand. This year, that batting average has dropped nearly a hundred points, and the OPS has dropped three hundred points. Yeah. And and they keep me they keep moving DJ around. You know, you never know what position he's going to play on a certain night. It's weird to see DJ LeMahieu utility guy, but that's kind of what it's feeling like with the Yankees. So, but also too with the Yankees, the guys that are healthy aren't really good baseball players. Gary Sanchez is not a good baseball player, especially defensively. For a catcher, you have to be good defensively, at least in my book. I mean, that's great if you can hit, but your number one priority is defense. If you can't catch a ball, you probably should not be a catcher. But but I heard that they were going to trade Glabor Torres to the Rockies for Trevor Story. Is that not true? I mean, why would you not want to acquire a guy who is hitting 253 with an OPS below 700? I mean, who wouldn't want that? You know, for all the things that Bill Schmidt didn't do during the during the deadline, that may be one that we give him an attaboy for right there. Let's be perfectly honest. Well, and then also, too, I mean, with the Yankees as well, okay, we have five guys who either strike out, walk, or homer. So let's acquire another one in Joey Gallo and see how he does. Oh, guess what? He's hitting 166 with 12 homers, 
but he struck out 71 times in 46 games as a Yankee. It's like some of those Josh Hamilton years, you know, I mean, he could hit yeah. the ball mile if he hit it, you know, yeah. that, that was the problem. So another well, guy hey. that he reminds me of is Adam Dunn. Yep. Agreed. Well, Hey, all right. We have talked about, I think every team other than the Rockies. So whenever we get back, after <laughs> the break, we're going to look at this recent hot streak for the Rockies. And then later on in the show, we're going to be examining the postseason for some farm affiliates of the Rockies. So stay with us here on the rocks file. Rockies report. And we are back, Kevin Henry, alongside my friend Noah Yingling here on the Rocks Power Rockies report. And Noah, yeah, we I think we did a rundown of everything else uh, for the Rockies. But one thing that you mentioned before the break was this big homestand that's coming up. And I think yeah. there's going to be a lot of attention focused on it. And I'll be honest, it's going to have kind of an October feel to it at Coors because, number one, this is going to be the Rockies postseason bottom line and number two the stands will be filled with dodgers and giants fans bingo just just get ready for that in downtown denver yeah get ready for uh, there's already uh a lot of transplants yourself included in denver there's going to be a lot of transplants for the week (laughs) sure there are and and let's not forget the rockies do have three more home games monday tuesday wednesday they will take on the, the nationals uh, there in Denver. So the homestand does continue. So I'll be real curious. What does that feel like Monday through Wednesday at Coors Field? You know, final three games of the season, as Patrick Saunders wrote in the Denver Post, a really good article, I thought, could be the final three games we see Trevor Story in a Rockies uniform. Uh, you know, it's going to be a really interesting homestand. I think a lot of emotions and a lot of, you know, you mentioned Larry Walker. You mentioned the playoff races. Uh, Trevor Story, you know, what's to come with him? Uh, you know, I, I, and, and I, let's not forget, we still don't know the whole John Gray situation. There's just a lot going on that I think we're going to be really interesting to watch this last homestand, how the Rockies respond to the success they had on the road. And it'll be the last time the Rockies really get to see some of their younger players in a game situation and determine whether or not, okay, is this guy part of our future plans? Is he maybe part of our future plans or is this guy gone now the Rockies too? And we'll have this here on the site here in the coming days, the Rockies did end up at least on paper thus far, they have uh, seemingly won a trade and it was a Jeff Breidich trade. We'll have more on that here in the coming days, but um, it was definitely a move that was kind of ridiculed by some of those, particularly on Twitter, which I mean, that, that's Twitter for you. But um, but yeah, it's been and I won't say who what the move is, but it was an interesting move at the time. And the Rockies have really benefited from it. And I will preface I w- will give you a hint. It's a bullpen guy. Yep, there you go. And that narrows it down right there. The the bullpen outside of Daniel Bard has been a lot better lately. We had an article, what, probably a month ago now about Lucas Gilbreth. Yep. And I mean, for a guy that skipped double A, he skipped triple A. And now he has pitched 40 games in the majors this year and has an ERA of 375. 
That tells me one thing. The Rockies need to keep drafting pitchers that have pitched at altitude. Well, and that's one of the reasons why I think they wanted Case Williams back. I mean, you know, in that in that deal at that trade deadline. I'm telling you, I really think that you're you're on to something there. And I think that Kyle Freeland has been a really good example of that and that you can build a blueprint around that moving forward. And I will also say I wasn't completely right, but I had an article on the site sometime in July about how the Red Legs might be interested in Trevor Story, which in hindsight, they probably should have gone after him because Kyle Farmer is not a great shortstop. Um, but I said one of the guys that the Rockies almost definitely will be looking at in return is Case Williams. Sure enough, a week or two later, the Rockies trade Michael Gibbons to the Reds. And sure enough, one of the pieces in return is Case Williams. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think that that's a move that we're obviously going to wait to see what that does at the big league level. But I don't think it's any surprise, at least it shouldn't be, if you're really watching the Rockies. And as you mentioned, they're – newfound love for those who pitch at altitude, you know, and it makes you wonder all these guys that are already in the majors, the Gosmans, you know, that's the first guy that comes to mind. Is that somebody that the Rockies will look at bringing in at some point soon? And uh, now he's, he said this about uh, multiple guys, but I know uh, when Bud Black was asked about him, he was like, he said, He'd look good in a Rockies uniform, but also, too, he said that about a lot of other players. Shohei Otani would look great in a Rockies uniform. He really would. You know, that Mike, Mike Trout, Trout would look great look in the center bad. field. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Well, and, and no, I wait, think- hold on. Shohei Otani, Mike Trout traded for a bucket of baseballs. Who says no? Who says no? Uh, I, and, and let's not forget, Bud already has a relationship with the Angels. So I think it's probably going to happen. I mean, uh, if if you don't think that it's going to happen, frankly, you're a bad person. Frankly, I can't argue that logic. But, you know, <laughs> if they brought in Mike Trout, you know, it would add to an already crowded outfield. So I will tell you, that's one thing that I'm going to be watching during this homestand is how do you balance all of these outfielders that you now have? And that's without Connor Joe in the equation. Yeah. There are a lot of guys who play outfield right now for the Colorado Rockies. How do you find them all playing time? And is this really going to be a test? Because Bud Black says every day is a test. Is this really a test for what happens in the offseason? And maybe some moves that could be made to shore some of that up. And I think, and we've talked about it. I don't think we've talked about it on here. I think we've just said it to each other. Jonathan Daza, really the, the COVID IL stint and then the stint for um, the injury, the thumb injury that really hurt his chances. Oh yeah. He lost his momentum of the plate and really hasn't regained it. Rymel Tapia. He was out for what? Two, three weeks with his injury. Since then he's hitting 174. That's in 16 games. And mind you, only 11 of those are starts. So he has not been starting every day. 
I don't want to tease too much, but there may be an article coming out looking at some of those numbers you just discussed, as well as one other uh, player that I found that is quite interesting in that same respect for the Rockies. Uh, so that could well be coming out during this upcoming homestand. Just saying. And also, too, mind you, the Rockies have called up Ryan Vallade. Right. Which, which they need to do. I mean, the, the Welker and Vallade news has been welcomed by the Rockies fans, I think, because for so long the drum was banged about let the young guys play. Well, guess what? Here's the young guys. Ta-da! Here they are. And now, as we said. The thing is, though, you have to play them every day. You do. At least in my opinion. Right. So what happens? Do you sit, Chuck? I mean, you know, that's that's where you're getting to is you know what Charlie Blackman's going to give you. You know what Trevor Story's going to give you. I'm sorry. You know what C.J. Crone's going to give you. Do you play them every day? And I think the answer for Bud Black is you have to because he is a guy that isn't going to be looked at in the biggest series of the season coming up. He's not going to sit his best players yeah. in favor of young guys in games that are going to make a big difference in the NLS standings. This is another reason why they should have the DH. Oh, absolutely. And maybe just maybe we'll see that soon enough. You know, maybe we'll, we, we could well see Noah, our last pitcher ever hit at Coors field during this homestand. Very well. Good about that. There's another one, but the good thing is Noah, we have, exclusive coverage well not exclusive but at least we will be in phoenix for the final series of the season uh that much coveted rockies diamondbacks series but i think there's going to be a lot of things to glean from that series and uh, we were already working on setting up some good end of year stuff heading into the off season during that as well and hopefully we'll have a lot of good stuff through the off season as well for you coming up as well All right, so after the break, we're going to have some words of wisdom from the Spokane Indians. Spokane and Fresno, the high A and low A, respectively, uh, farm farm teams of the Colorado Rockies have made the postseason. Noah, did you know that in both the high A and the low A playoffs, the farm teams for the Colorado Rockies will take on the farm teams for the San Francisco Giants in both ones for the championship? Well, my, my, my. And there is some interesting <laughs> p- players to watch, obviously, on all those levels. Uh, we will be talking to some of them after the, the break, uh, as well as you can certainly check out our breakdown of what the playoffs look like for both Fresno and Spokane on rockspile.com on an article I just wrote. So we'll be back with that right after the break here on the Rockspile Rockies Report. And welcome back to the Rocks Power Rockies Report. Kevin Henry here, just off with a Zoom uh, interviews with some members of the Spokane Indians, including manager Scott Little, pitcher Chris McMahon, and uh, infielder Hunter Stovall. Appreciate their time so much. One of the things that stood out in the conversation with manager Scott Little was how this team turned things around. And a very interesting quote that you'll hear momentarily about his perspective on what he tries to tell his players about taking it one game at a time. Now, we always hear the proverbial, you know, one game, uh, you know, we're only going to focus on today. You know, we've, we've always heard that. 
but he points out some really interesting things that he thinks made a difference for this team heading into an incredible August run that put them back in the postseason race. Uh, one thing we, we preach around here, if I ask somebody a picture of what they did last night, they said, I don't remember. If I asked a player, they said, I don't remember. Because the one thing we do preach is forgetting about yesterday is due tomorrow. And I, I don't know. I hope maybe that resonated with them. And they took it a game at a time. Next thing you know, we, what, finished 30 and 8? Um, I can't tell you why. Just You know, we we didn't uh, – we did catch some breaks, and when we got breaks, we took advantage of them. And um, it was incredible. It's most – I mean, it was a, one of the best things I've ever been involved in, to be honest with you. I asked Scott Little about clubhouse chemistry and how you keep a clubhouse together when players throughout the minor leagues are coming and going and you're having new faces added and key performance may get called up to the next level. How did he keep things going? And he talked about the clubhouse environment in Spokane. My clubhouse has always been the most important thing to me because the, the uh, field stuff's easy, you know, and they dictate all that. I mean, you, if I put on a hit and run, it and it works. Uh, you know, I, everybody go, "Ooh, good, good hit and run." But hell, if it don't work, it's not any good. Uh, everything is predicated on whether they execute. Um, so that, that's easy. And that's just going to be derived around your talent and whether your kids can execute. The clubhouse is 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 the most important thing to me. I don't consider myself a player. Excuse me, a position player guy. And a lot of guys, a lot of pitchers of. They come up and that they've had managers that spend all their time with position players, and it's not, that's just not me. I mean, I, I think they're all my players, or we're all in this together. And um, I'm not saying that there's some special thing that, that happened, but we just had, I think we had special people. Chris McMahon is a right handed pitcher who is currently the 10th highest rated prospect in the Rockies organization. He will get the start in game two of the series for Spokane. And he was asked about his development as a pitcher this year and what he saw as far as changes in himself on the mound. It's been a long one for sure. Um, been a lot of a lot of starts, a lot of baseball. Um, but I mean, it's really just the week to week preparation. It's learning throughout, um, learning what's working, what doesn't. Um, I think a lot of pitch sequencing has uh, gone a long way this year for me. And, um, yeah, that, that's really it. I mean, for the, the strides I've taken this year personally, I'm, I'm pretty uh, proud of. And um, it's, it's been a solid year and hoping to end it with one more good one. As mentioned, McMahon will start game two for the Indians. And he was asked about the pressure of starting a postseason game. Here was his response. Um, you want to call it pressure. I mean – there's pressure on us starting pitchers every time we step out there. I think um, the way you're kind of looking at it, yeah. I mean, there, it's one left. One, it's it's my last one, no matter how good or bad it goes. So I, I guess so, but I'm not going to put any pressure on myself. I mean, it's the same game we've been playing all year long. I mean, we're over 100 games in, and we're at this point. So it's at this point, it's just going out and giving it everything you've got, everything you've got left. 
And finally, there's infielder Hunter Stovall, who is batting 316 this season. That is second highest in all of High A West. Hunter was asked about the clubhouse and how it has changed through the year with the ups and downs that the Indians have had. We've been, I mean, at the beginning of the year, man, we were, we were grinding. We were, everybody was grinding. Everybody coming there, figure out, trying to figure out what their, what their role is on the team, what, what they've got to do to help this team win. And, and that's what's crazy. This is the most for-the-team team that I've ever been on. Um, a lot of unselfish guys in this club. Uh, so it, it's been really exciting to see people change and, and go have the approach in bats and actually think about how to play the game and not try to better their personal stats, if that makes sense. And they actually do things within the game to help the team as a whole succeed. And uh, I, I think that's huge in winning. But, uh, but yeah, the locker, the, um, the locker room, the clubhouse, it, it has been – here lately has been all positive. There's no, there's really not been that much negativity throughout the whole season. But of course, down there at the beginning part of it, there was a little bit trying, to, of course, trying to figure out what we're going to do, what we're going, all that good stuff. But, um, but about midway through the season until now, it's been, it's been pretty even, man. We've been having having a good time, love being around each other. So, it's been fun. And certainly our thanks to the Spokane Indians for having us as a part of their Zoom recording. We wish them and the Fresno Grizzlies the best of luck as Game 1 for both teams starts Tuesday night. We will be keeping track of that, so follow us here on RocksPile.com. And as always, we say, Go Rockies! Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.